designed to give you a nugget of spiritual truth, a little encouragement in your day. Glad you've joined us again. Well, on Mondays, we've been working our way through the book of Jonah, and this is the final study in Jonah. We're looking at the fourth chapter today, and we're looking at the final question of the book. And the word of the Lord says this, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? That's why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it's better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. And he sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant, and so it withered. And when the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind. And the sun beat down on his head of Jonah, so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die, and said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, Yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, You pity the plant for which you did not labor nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, in which are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? This is the word of the Lord. And we want to begin by observing that the book of Jonah is filled with questions from start to finish. The sailors asked Jonah in chapter 1, What do you mean, you sleeper? And they asked him, What shall we do with you that the sea may quiet down for us? In the chapter that we have before us today, God asked Jonah some more questions. Do you do well to be angry is a question that's repeated at least twice. Do you do well to be angry for the plant is the second time. And finally, one last question. Should I not pity Nineveh? Now, of the five questions we find in Jonah, four are answered by the text. But, oh, my dear friends, that fifth question, that last question, who will answer it? Our idea today that we're dealing with is that since God is merciful and God has had mercy on us, that we ought to be able to show mercy even to those who threaten the things we love. And our study is going to revolve around these three thoughts. We're going to think for a while about Jonah's anger at God's mercy. We're going to think about the pettiness of Jonah's anger. And then we're going to think for a few moments about God's final question. So let's begin by thinking about Jonah's anger at God's mercy. Jonah was out of his senses angry with God because God was being merciful to the people of Nineveh. 
Can anyone miss the irony of Jonah's anger in the light of the great mercy that God had shown to this disobedient preacher? That's true, Jonah had been swallowed by the fish, but God had had mercy on Jonah when he repented, just as God had mercy on the Ninevites when they repented. Why was Jonah so angry at God? Well, let me suggest three things. First, Jonah was angry because he wasn't reconciled to God's will. Jonah was a true patriot. He loved his country, and the Assyrians were the great threat that Israel faced. In fact, some years after Jonah's trip to the capital of Nineveh, the Assyrians would cruelly decimate Israel, destroying its capital, Samaria, and carrying the survivors off into exile. You know, there's nothing wrong with loving your country, but to Jonah, God extending mercy to the evil Assyrians was more than he could bear. It was just too much. Secondly, Jonah was angry because he had forgotten God's mercy toward him. Jonah had fled to Tarshish in flat-out disobedience of God's will for him. Now Jonah was trying to justify his disobedience by blaming it on God. He said, this is why I fled to Tarshish, he fumed this. Jonah tried to turn God's word against himself. Jonah forgot that God had been merciful to him. And then the third reason that Jonah is angry is that Jonah was angry because he didn't know God as well as he thought he did. Jonah neglected to remember the last half of Exodus 34, 7 that says that God keeps steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sins, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Jonah conveniently forgot the merciful God and forgot as well that God is also just and that though he's merciful, he does do justice when the right moment comes. Let's think for a few moments also about the pettiness of Jonah's anger. In reaction to the Ninevites' repentance, Jonah abandoned the city and stormed off to make his own little shelter, still hoping that perhaps his hissy fit that he had thrown, the hissy fit he'd thrown with God would induce God to change his mind and destroy Nineveh. Well, if that's what Jonah was hoping, that was useless. God doesn't relent once mercy is granted. And aren't you glad? Rather than changing his mind, God gave Jonah a lesson in how unchecked anger corrupts the soul. He appointed a vine, a worm, and an east wind to teach his angry prophet the cost of letting anger rule his life. Now, this part of the story redu reduces Jonah to a sad comic figure that some commentators have considered satiric. When Jonah, in petulance, has left the city, where he would have been shaded easily from the sun's triple-digit heat, God caused a vine to grow up overnight, covering Jonah's shelter, giving him welcome relief from the blazing heat of the day. We're told in verse 6 that Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. Jim Boyce noted wryly that this is the only time in the whole book of Jonah that Jonah is said to have been happy about anything. Now contrast this with Jonah's displeasure at God's mercy to the Ninevites. Something Jonah should have seen and been over the moon about, he considered insulting. Something as trivial as a vine, he rejoiced over. 
Letting anger boil unchecked in our hearts corrupts our sense of values. Next, God appointed a worm to kill the plant. Overnight, Jonah's shade is taken away, leaving him baking in the hot Shiraco wind that God had appointed for his prophet's instruction. Jonah wasn't the only thing that was boiling after all of this. His anger burst out too. And he asked that he might die and said, it's better for me to die than to live, says the scripture. Observe the level of pettiness Jonah's anger has led him to. No longer angry about God's mercy to the Ninevites, he's now furious enough to die over the loss of a potted plant. And this is what unchecked anger does. It not only corrupts our values, but it destroys our judgment. And it turns us into pathetic souls who act foolishly. Again, God brings his prophet up short by asking another question. Do you do well to be angry for the plant? It's as if God was saying, really, Jonah, are you seriously angry over the death of a potted plant? Jim Boyce gives us a great line on this. Boyce says, God was showing this to Jonah and saying, in effect, look at where your anger has taken you, Jonah. Is this right? Is this the way you want to live? Do you want to spend the rest of your life swearing at a petty annoyances? In the final movement, we find God's final question. The book concludes with a final unanswered question. Is God not right? Is he not great in showing mercy? God contrasted Jonah's pettiness to his mercy, saying to the prophet, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who don't know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? God said, Jonah, think about it. You're grieving over the death of a potted plant. Shouldn't I grieve over the souls that are so morally blind in Nineveh that they're like little children who can't tell their right hand from their left? Or at least have pity on cattle, Jonah. Don't even the dumb animals deserve mercy? And that's God's final question. Is God right to be merciful? God likes to ask questions because they're an effective way of helping us see the state of our hearts, has said someone. And this final question in Jonah, I want you to observe this. God's final question has no written answer. And Tim Keller helps us to understand the reason why the book ends this way. Keller says, we feel that there must be a missing page. Why would the story end so abruptly? One commentator, like others, suggests the book forces us to contemplate our personal destiny. It remains unfinished in order that we may provide our own conclusion. For you are Jonah, and I am Jonah. It's as if God shoots this arrow of a question at Jonah, but Jonah disappears, and we realize that the arrow is aimed at us. How will you answer? You know, in view of the tremendous mercy that God has given us and the amazing nature of God's merciful character, is it right if we refuse mercy to others, even if they threaten things that we love? The answer is up to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for 
probing questions that seek to teach us to examine our own heart and our own lives. For we are Jonah. We are those who let the things we love overwhelm the grace that we see modeled in you. Save us from that. We'll thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Join us again next week for another edition of Monday Let's Talk. We look forward to seeing you then. Thank you.